0: Welcome back Nexus Church family to our final week in our series we've titled Warrior. In the series we've taken a look at the life of Joshua and examined what does it mean to be a warrior. Now as I've said repeatedly in this series we are all warriors. God has given us a mission. We call it the great commission in Matthew chapter 28. But in short, what Jesus was telling us is that we are to love God, of course, Matthew 22. But we're to love others, which in, in Matthew 28, he spells out is to go and reach out to lost people and help them to grow and develop in their relationship with God. So in this series, I pretty much told you that your mission is to go and bring as many people with you into heaven. That's, in short, what we are called to do as followers of Jesus. We are called into this battle. It's not a flesh and blood kind of battle. This is a spiritual battle where we're doing battle in the spiritual realm to bring people into the kingdom of God. We're fighting against an evil that isn't on this world necessarily. It's kind of in a different dimension, battling for our souls. Now, that seems extremely sci-fi-ish almost, but that's what the Bible talks about is there is a, a spiritual world to our being. And God is in the heavens. He is here in us. And he's omnipresent, so he's all around. And he's reaching out through us to reach out to those who are like us in the natural world. And so how that looks for you is going to be different. right? For Joshua, it was literally doing battle. right? He was a warrior in the worldly sense. But in a spiritual sense, we're all warriors. And that's what this series is all about. Though we're looking at the life of Joshua through a physical sense, truly we are examining this through a spiritual sense. And how that applies to you is vastly different than me or anybody else on the face of this earth. Why? Because we're all unique. God has wired each of us uniquely with gifts and talents and places of work in neighborhoods and families. And we've also gotten spiritual gifts that he has given us that make us unique as well. So for every person in this world, there is a call from God to fulfill. And so your vision of what your life looks like is a gift from God that he's called you to be equipped to be a warrior. So that's been kind of the premise behind this whole series is that you are a warrior. You have a purpose. God has a plan that's unique for you. And in week 1 we've invest, we investigated what does that mean for our qualities what what is that core personality if you will and I don't know if it's really a personality but attribute is probably a better way of looking at it that all of us need to have when we suit up to do battle for god in this world that was courage now again, we're not talking about this like, let's go to war and, and start punching and, and taking swords and guns and all that kind of stuff. No, this is a, a spiritual battle that requires us to be internally developed with courage to stand, with courage that isn't necessarily born inside of us. It is something that has developed over time. And for Joshua, as we looked at it, that very first week, he had to spend 40 years waiting as all the people of Israel passed away because of their disbelief and their lack of trust in God. And so he waited. He waited as Moses passed the baton to him. And when Moses passed the baton, it was this signal of God passing on the leadership to Joshua. And then we picked up the message in Joshua, and we examined the courage that he had that was developed, that it was based upon God. And then in week two, we talked about preparation. Uh, right away, after God says, be strong and courageous, keep your strength in me, he's like, be prepared. And he talked about food and, and getting all the proper utensils ready for the battle. It's very simple. In order to do battle for God's kingdom, you need to have the tools. What are those tools? Of course, we've got prayer. We've got time with God and the word, uh, the Bible. We need to be surrounded by people and invest in ourselves so that we can be strong and we can have relational connections, right? So we need to be prepared. We need to do what it takes, surround ourselves with the right people, be built up spiritually. And then last week we talked about perseverance. Perseverance is so crucial in your development as a warrior because each of us is going to find time where it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But as we talked about last week, we need to be reminded that where we see walls, God sees a way through. He's, he's always working. And then sometimes when we don't see progress, we, we can't give up because God is still working. God is always working. And then we also examined how our victory, our ultimate, when we look back in heaven someday, it's going to be because we persevered today our victories ultimately is because we don't give up we don't faint we will reap a harvest in due season if we don't give up as paul said in galatians chapter five and that just leads us in to what we're going to talk about today today we're going to examine the reality that our greatest attribute as a warrior for the kingdom of god what what matters most is what we leave behind And usually that includes who we leave behind, who we've poured into. So we're going to examine that in Joshua's kind of farewell address, if you will, in Joshua chapter 23. We're going to look at the characteristics of what it means to be a warrior. And the first one I want to point out is the fact that a warrior, first and foremost, credits God every single time when you think about those godly men and women who have gone before you those who have poured into you those who have developed the the, the people who have come underneath them and, and just done all the things we're going to talk about in the next few points the number one thing they do is they say god did i was a a fool but god did i i I had so many moments where I don't know why I kept going forward, but God saw something in me and he didn't give up on me. And he just kept doing this work, right? It's always God. You you, you listen to those wise sages that are in the family of God and they all credit God. That's a sign of a true warrior. We see this now in Joshua chapter 23, verse 1. A long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them, Joshua was old, advanced in age. So Joshua summoned all of Israel, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age, and you have seen for yourself everything the Lord your God did to all the nations on your account, because it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. Look at all. That has happened from the time Moses carried the torch until me, now ending my time, carrying the torch. Look at all that has happened, all the victories that have been won, all the, all the things that happened. It was because of God. It was because of God. You see, God gets credit, first and foremost in a true warrior's life. We see this in Romans. Paul writes this so beautifully and I would say speaks life into us. In Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, I want to read this to you. It's, It's such a beautiful depiction of God and what he sees and what he does for us. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. He, how will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring us accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns Christ? Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction, can distress, can persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, as it written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And He goes on to say, there's nothing that is able to separate us from the love of God. See, what is Paul doing there? He's saying, Everything God is is for you. He is fighting for you. He is, he's doing it for you. Everything that you have is because of him. Your victories, your success, he's given that to you. We live in the most prosperous time that has ever occurred in the face of this earth. And if you live in the, the, first world that we call most of western world you have more than anybody's ever had and god's allowed it he is for you nothing can separate you you are more than conquerors and then as david proclaimed in psalm 27 some nations boast in chariots and horses but we're not going to do that we're going to boast in the name of the lord our god true warriors those who leave a lasting impact, who have the greatest legacy, don't point to anything they've done. They point to God. They know that they're nothing without him. Charles Swindoll put it this way. "It said, legacy isn't about us. It's about God working through us for his glory, not ours. Our greatest impact, will be giving credit to God for all he's done. That's our greatest impact. What do people see when they look at you? What's the number one thing they'll see? Will you be turning your attention to God saying it's because of him? I love him. I have nothing to boast about if it wasn't for Christ. So the number two characteristic of a warrior who leaves a legacy is one who sees and calls out greatness in others. Now, this is probably the number one thing most people think about when they think about leaving a legacy. What does leaving a legacy mean? It means you've poured your life into somebody else. You've propped them up. I've always said that my my hope and my desire is that my kids can stand upon my shoulders and go further and that I am going to give them the opportunity to not have to trudge through what I've been through, but to be able to stand on my shoulders and do greater things because they don't have to go through those things I've went through that I can be the one who teaches them and encourages them and, and trains them and say, hey, this is, this is what I've been through. Don't do that. But it's more than just teaching. It's seeing. It's being able to verbally encourage them, to believe in them. To See what God sees. And call it out. I, I, I love how joshua called out the people of israel it was kind of a challenge but it was it was saying you can do this kind of a challenge it wasn't a you gotta do this or else it was a i know you can do this i have belief in you you have the the power of god with you listen to this in verses six and following in, in joshua chapter 23 Be very strong and continue, right? Continue. You've already been doing it. So just keep on, keep on obeying all that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you do not turn from it to the right or to the left and so that you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call in the name of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not serve them or bow down and worship them. Instead, be loyal to the Lord your God as you have been to this day. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you. And no one is able to stand against you to this day. Why? Why? Because of God. And because you've you've already been following him. You've already established that you can do this. One of you routed a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you as he promised. So diligently watch yourselves. Love the Lord your God. to what he was telling them. Be very strong. Be courageous. You can do this. No one is able to stand against you because of God and your, your partnership with him. You can handle this. You got this. Just keep loving him. And Joshua was just infusing them with belief. Infusing them with this, this, this confidence that they can. Just like God was with him and told him to be strong and courageous. Joshua was just turning it around and doing it right back In return, he saw them and he called out greatness in them. God did the same thing. Jesus did the same thing with his disciples. Listen to how how he was praying to the Father. And of course, his disciples, his followers were listening to this. He was pouring out into them. And remember, remember, we are now the disciples of Jesus. And so when he calls out greatness in them, he's calling out greatness in you as well. John fourteen twelve through 14 says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Why? Right? So many times we get stuck on that and we're like, ah, there ain't no way I'm healing like Jesus or doing miracles like Jesus. You know, I'm not feeding thousands of people. I'm not raising people from the dead. This is this craziness he was trying to make a point you as a whole you as a people as those who call upon my name and say i am a christ follower you're going to do greater things but here's why it's not for our own good and for our glory as chuck smindall said but listen so that the son can bring glory to the father yes anything in my name and i Moses spoke to the Israelites. Moses spoke to Joshua. And Joshua spoke to the Israelites. Jesus spoke to the disciples. And now speaking to us. I see you. I believe in you. You're going to do even greater things. Will you, likewise, champion others? Lift them up. See the good in them. Don't be threatened by the youth. Don't don't assume things. Get to know them. Hear their heart. Guide them. See what God is doing and champion them and prop them up and get behind them so that they can stand on your shoulders and continue to do even greater things than we ever have done. That's such a beautiful legacy. God has a vision for them. just like he had a vision for you. That you you didn't earn. I don't know what he saw in you or me. But he saw something in us. I was an utter mess when God called me. And he even called me when I was a pastor. And I wasn't anywhere near ready to lead his people. Joshua wasn't. Moses wasn't. But yet God chose us. We need to believe in those coming behind us. Leave a legacy. Leave a lasting impact. Speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says it this way. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Wow. They're either poison and kill or they give life. You choose. You choose. So. A warrior who leaves a legacy, gives glory to God first and foremost, sees and believes in those who are coming up underneath them. And then lastly, a warrior remembers. I think this is one of the most important things in a message that I'm going to preach at another time. Because there's so much of this throughout all of Scripture. God calls us to remember. God calls us to remember. Verse 14 of Joshua 23. I am now going away of the whole earth, and you know with all your heart and all your souls that none of the good promises the Lord your God made you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. Throughout the time of Joshua He continues to point back to remember, to remember what God has done, to remember why. Deuteronomy 8 puts it so perfectly. Remember why? So that you don't. Remember why? So you don't. Remember why? So you don't. Don't forget these promises. Don't forget what God has done. Don't forget the commands he's given you. Remember, remember, remember. Remember. Go back and read Deuteronomy And If I had more time today, I would turn there and read it with you. But it's so powerful of how many times Moses says in some way, shape, or form, remember, don't forget, continue to follow through on these promises, on these things you committed to. Because if you don't, it takes one generation before it's gone. Think about how radically the world changed when the telephone was introduced, when electricity or the light was introduced, right? None of, well, I'm guessing most of you that are listening today, I know for majority of the world today, they don't remember a time without a telephone or without light or electricity. How drastic that was now many of you remember a time before the internet was around and computers were a real thing that was pretty groundbreaking but it's so easy for a generation to forget how valuable that is because we've had it now for so long how easy it is to forget what God has done how easy it is for a generation to not see the power and the love of God and how it can transform a life and the importance of making Jesus both your Savior and Lord. It's forgotten. It's forgotten. God's promises never fail. Never. Never. Remember and pass on what God has done. It's an attribute that every warrior must pass on to create a legacy, to remember. Remember what God has done. Remember what, what God did on the cross. Pass that on. It's the greatest legacy, your spiritual legacy of what God has done in your life. Pass it on. So a warrior gives glory to God. A a warrior calls out greatness and sees it in others and lifts them up and builds life to them. And a warrior passes on. Passes on what God has done. Now I realize as we come to an end in this series that for many of you, you still question like, I just don't feel like a warrior. I I feel like I've had my opportunity and I've blown it. God doesn't give up. Or maybe you've lived your whole life and you're like, man, it just doesn't seem like I've done a whole lot. I've tried to be faithful. I've failed and I've tried and I've failed. And I just feel like such a waste. I want to encourage you today you are not a waste. Don't stop until the day God calls you home. Don't stop. That's the perseverance again. You never know what God is doing. When you don't see that progress, no, God is working. And I want to share with you in this last few moments we have together today a story of a missionary whom so many looked at his life and said it was a waste so much potential, so much wealth, so much that he could have done if he would have changed the course and made a different decision. Yet it seemed like it was a waste. This gentleman was born in the early 1900s and at 16 years old, William Whitting Borden graduated from a Chicago high school, an heir to the Borden fortune. His dad was rich, filthy rich in the business world. And before Borden began his Ivy League education at Yale University, listen to this, his parents sent him on a trip around the world for his graduation gift, like in the early 1900s. Like, these people had to be crazy rich. Earlier in his life, Borden had come to Christ through D.L. Moody, of course, through Chicago the beautiful moody church but while on his trip around the world something happened see his life had been transformed by the ministry of dl moody and as he's traveling the world god is starting to move in his heart starting to give him that vision right we're all called to reach out and bring as many people into the kingdom as possible god was calling him at that time giving him that vision And as Borden traveled through Asia, the Middle East, and Europe, he felt a growing burden for the world's hurting people. As you can guess, when Borden wrote a letter to his parents, he informed them of the inedible. He wanted to be a missionary. God had called him, had planted that vision to be a missionary, to tell people who had never heard of the gospel, never seen a Bible, never seen a church, who Jesus was. Upon hearing the news, his father stated he would not be coming back home to a job in his family business. He was no longer an heir. Here's what Borden wrote in the back of his Bible. No reserve. No reserve. Upon his return, Borden went on to complete his commitment to Yale University, but then he went to Princeton Theological Seminary. When Borden finished the Ivy League education, he boarded his ship for China. That's where God had, had called him to go to serve as a missionary. In the back of his Bible, he wrote, no retreat. There's no way back. He's going. No regret. No retreat. However, due to his passion to reach Muslim people, he stopped in Egypt to learn the Arabic language. And while he was in Egypt, unfortunately, the 25 year old Borden contracted spinal meningitis. In the back of his Bible, he wrote, <laughs> listen to this no regret. No regret. No reserve. No retreat. No regret. Within a month, Borden was dead. Just <laughs> think of that. Of life. He could have done so much with his father's wealth. How many thousands of people could he have used that money to support missions, to give towards building an orphanage, to reach the lost? Well, when the news of Borden's death finally was wired back to the United States, nearly every major American newspaper reported on it. That's how incredibly wealthy his family was as stated in his biography a wave of sorrow went around the world he not only gave up his fortune but he himself to be a measly missionary with no legacy to write about nothing to leave behind no family children nothing no business such a waste Whose life did he transform? (laughs) Who did he win to Jesus? His call, as your call, is to bring as many people into the kingdom with him as possible. Doesn't that seem like a waste? Like he never got there? What was God doing? Why did God allow this? A man who had a passion, a gift. Borden had walked away from his wealthy fortune to take the gospel of Jesus' to the nations of the world. (laughs) But this tragedy did something far greater than what most ever reported. You see, when thousands of young men and women back in America read that newspaper article that was all over in all cities, it did something to them. It challenged them. It caused them to see the call. God gave them a vision through the vision that God gave William. And through that, thousands gave their lives to reach the nations of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Talk about eternal events. What what the enemy meant for evil to take the life of a passionate mission, missionary, It it blew up into thousands of missionaries passionate for what William was. Borden's supposed insignificant left a legacy to this day that is still impacting the world. It's been multiplied upon thousands and thousands and thousands. You, my friend, do not know what kind of impact you're having, your life, the passion you have to live for God and to bring as many people as possible into the kingdom with you, you will never know who you are impacting, whose life will be transformed and what they become and how they transform the lives of others. You simply don't know what a life given to God and the vision he has for you can do. You'll never know. So friend, as we take this message series and come to a close, My prayer is that you will leave a lasting impact and leave it into the God who loves you, cares for you, and will fight for you. And you will look back someday when you get to heaven and you will see all the people that have been impacted because you were faithful to the vision God called you to be. There's not a single person who is insignificant in the kingdom of God. So my prayer for you is that just like Borden, you will live a life of No retreat of no reserve of no regret. No reserve, no retreat, no regret. Father, I pray that every single person listen. Yes, that person. You're hearing God speak to you right now. And he is saying, I have a vision for you. I have a calling for you. It's time for you to get prepared, to be developed, to get that courage, to get that perseverance because you're going to need it to go out and do what I've called you to. It's not insignificant. You have a purpose. You have a purpose, son. You have a purpose, daughter. I have a vision for you. Go forth and do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us in this series. If you want to find out more about us, please go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can email us there. You can call us there. You can text, send a message, go to Facebook. However, we can walk alongside you in the vision God has placed on you. We're here for you, and we're praying that God will continue to be a place you run to. Don't give up on him. He's for you. See you next time.